Oh my goodness, this might be a later service, so if you have to leave. Um, okay, so now, um, I mean, this is amazing. My, my spiritual father, Dr. Randy Clark, was um, in Toronto in 1996. A Brazilian pastor named Paulo Mazzoni invited him to his church in Brazil. It was the first invitation Randy would get to Brazil. Randy's more famous in Brazil than he is in America, really. I mean, I've seen billboards of him, you know, when he's coming. Um, but the first church to ever invite him was Paolo Mazzoni's church, Central Church. I just found this out. Randy went down on his first trip to Brazil, and you know what was with him? Uh, who just came as a member of the team? Bill Johnson. And Bill Johnson was still like learning about things of the Spirit, and people, God was touching people in the front, and Paolo uh, said that he was in the back of the church, just, Bill Johnson was just like looking at it, like, and going, I'm not so sure about all this. Isn't that funny? This is great history there. Um, Paolo um, has a heart, and his church, Central Church, has a heart for evangelism. That's their goal. That's their mission. And this is our mission and our goal. We've been preaching on it. And Paolo's church, um, Central Church, grew from 300 to almost 20,000 of new believers through something called table evangelism. And um, when I was down there, I spent over 21 days with their staff. This was the healthiest staff I've ever met. Everyone, even all the pastors, they got saved in the church. Engineers, doctors, lawyers, literal people I met, drug dealer and a drug addict, now pastors, all through evangelism. It's amazing. So I had the opportunity, I built a relationship with one of uh, Dan, pa Paolo's spiritual sons, Daniel Mazzoni. And he's come here, he's blessed our church, he's spent uh, two days with our staff and our leaders. And he's come here to share the gospel about how God's moving and how he's going to move here. So would you give him grace and welcome with honors, Daniel Mazzoni, my new good friend. Thank you. Wow, what a service, isn't it? You were prepared for that that morning? I was not expecting that. So... Thank you, Jesus, for this amazing presence, you know. I just, I want to say that I'm very happy to be here. Like, uh, I'm, I'm in love with this city and this church. I was like, oh, my word. Beautiful city, beautiful church, beautiful people. And uh, I just want to make, um, I just want to say a few words to Pastor Paul. We met back in Brazil. And I, you know, I felt three things. He's a humble man. And it connects with us. And um, he's so open for the Holy Spirit. And I could see that, that very clearly. And he has a deep desire to make a difference. Not just to be a pastor and that's it. So I just want to say thank you for his being a pastor of this church. Can, you, can we honor him and Jesus for his life? Wow. Thank you. You are a blessing for this house. Wow. Yes. So, this is Albuquerque flag, isn't it? I did my research, and that is an amazing city. I'm, you know, I'm just seeing what God's going to do here, and I'm very excited about it. I just want to, um, before we start with the word this morning, I just want to introduce my family and... Um, that's it. So 
I've been married with Daniela for 12 years now, and we have three lovely girls that I love it, and I'm missing them. They are asking for chewing gum and, you know, a lot of things, so I'm taking those things back home. So that's my family. That's what God gave me to serve Him, and I love them very much. If you want to just follow us and get to know us better, that's our social media. And this is our church, okay? So this is Central Baptist Church. So on the internet, you just use like central.online. This is like our name online. So if you guys want to get in and, and get to know, it's a beautiful church. Paul has been there. And I'm inviting, if you want to come, just let me know. And it be great to receive you guys there. It's a lovely, lovely church. I love it. I grew up in this church. Like my parents, uh, they have been there like the entire lives. So I grew up in this church and I love this church very much. So I want to speak to you guys this morning about um, something that is in my heart. So when I get here at this church, I just saw this. It's, this is brilliant. Like the presence, uh, the transformation inside, the ev evangelists like going outside of the church and prayer just going up. So that's brilliant. And you know, I want to I speak through this pillar about evangelism. I know that you guys have been uh, learning and you know, God is constructing something on this. And I just... I just want to make, um, um, I just want to cooperate with the Holy Spirit this morning. So I want to speak about fishing time. So I remember when I was a teenager, having uh, lived in church for a couple years. And, you know, I have decided for Jesus very early in my life. But I, I remember listening about uh, John 5 saying about a fisherman. And at, at the beginning, I could, I could not understand what the, what the word was like, meaning about that. So I always thought, is Jesus like being literal or is, is just making a, like a statement? What is it? So I remember myself like thinking about that. And when I, we just, you know, get to know about what is fishing, like you put something in the water and, you know, you get a fish. So I find out that Jesus was like making, a, a, um, making a, like a, a comp, comp, comparison for us so we could understand what he was about to tell us. So God was being like more literally than we can imagine, you know. And he has a very good experience for Peter. He invited Peter to be a fisherman. So the wonderful fishing experience then become for me and I believe to all of us a clear expression of the vision that should move us as a Christian. So and make us capable and fulfill us for the great commissioning that Jesus just you know led to us in the very end of his ministry. So I want to make this as a statement this morning. It's fishing time. You know, when Paul says that a wave is coming and we are just, you know, getting ready to get it, it's all about the Holy Spirit fulfilling the church so the church can be able to make the great commissioning. So I just want to make an answer, uh, a question. Are you Peter? So I love Peter. Why? Because he's like me, you know. 
Sometimes he's good. Sometimes he made like bad answers. And, you know, he's a bit upset, too much upset. You know, he's trying to, you know, uh, solve the things like on his power, you know. So Peter is a, it looks like us. You know, it's not a perfect story. And I was sharing yesterday my story. It's not a perfect story. I have struggled as a Christian to fulfill the great commissioning. I felt a lot of uh, lack of humility in my life. So I couldn't make it quite easy. So when I look at Peter, I look at Daniel. And maybe Peter's look like you. Has a desire for something. And, but somehow he can make it like so easy. So do you feel that Jesus took you by the hands and called you to be a fisherman? Or a fisher, women, to, to fish women and children. Oh, so, so do you feel that? Is it clear in your heart? Like that's your goal in life? Is it like something very special for you? You know, when you have something very special, you take care of it. So for example, my family, I protect my family. I love them. Why? Because it's so important. So it's your calling to be a fisherman. To touch people, to preach the gospel, is it important for you? So I want to go through Luke chapter 5, between 1 and 11. And do you know this story very well? I just want to read uh, a few verses of this. And um, just to remember, how was like the calling that Jesus made to Peter? And the Bible says, one day, as Jesus was standing by the lake of Genesaret, the people were crowding around him and listening to the word of God. And he says that the waters had two boats left there by the fishermen who was like wasting their nets. So he got into one of these boats, the one who belongs to Simon Peter, and asked him to put out a little from shore. Then he sat down and taught the people from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Put out in deep waters and let them down the nets for catch. And Simon answered, that's the answer that I love it. Master, we have worked hard all night and haven't caught anything. But because you say so, I will let down the nets. When they had done so, they, they catch such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. So... They, they, you know, they called the other partners in the boats to, to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats so they were full that they began to sink. When Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, Go away from me, Lord. I'm a, simul, a, sin, a sinful man. For he and his compassion were like astonished at his catch of fish. That had taken. And so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee. Simon's partner, they said to Simon, Don't be afraid, for now you're gonna be a fish for people. So that's so important. Jesus said, Don't be afraid. For now, I'm, I'm like Jesus was making a point on his life, and he was saying, from that moment, from now 
on, you will fish for people. So they pulled their boats up on shore, left everything. He made like a decision for his life. He left everything back and followed him. That's the story that you know better, uh, you know, than my English could, you know, read that. So let's go for it. I want to say that the first thing that I learned from this story, it's about the call. You know, about Jesus telling a simple fisherman that he will change his life. It was so a strong invitation that Jesus did. So we, we need to think about it. Is it clear for us, like the call that we have? So the call, when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, when, you know, put out in deep waters and let down the nets for catch. It's Luke 5, uh, uh, 4, verse 4. So the call, it's a call of faith. Like to become a fisherman, to preach the gospel, to lead people to Jesus, we need faith. Why? Why? Why so simple? You know, Jesus was telling them, you know, you have done this all night long. You have failure. And, you know, we, we, we feel like this a lot of times. Oh, you know, I've tried to share the gospel, but it didn't work. You know, and sometimes you think like, oh, people, people, you know, they love the word very much. They love the sin. So they don't want to listen, you know. And, you know, the media, uh, the, 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 the society, the, the culture is telling us that people are not open for the gospel. But it's not the truth. That's not the truth. So this calling, it's a calling of faith. It doesn't matter if you have tried before. It doesn't matter if people are saying like the, 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 this generation are not open for the gospel. It doesn't matter if, you know, people are so deep in sin. It doesn't matter the sexual, you know, problems that we have in this generation. It doesn't matter how much deep they are like away from God. The truth is go again. Put your nets on the water and you're going to fish. So this is a calling of faith. But always, you know, you need to understand that we already have what we need where we already are. So Jesus was already teaching Peter that the call would come true with him where he already like is and in what he already has in hand. So it's very interesting because Peter was a fisherman. And where Jesus called him on his boat. On the place that he knows. You know that's his daily life. And sometimes we think like. Oh I, I, you know I'm gonna pre I will preach the gospel. So I must move to India. I must move to somewhere else. So God is telling Peter where you are. Or you know, are you a fisherman? So you already have what you need to be a fisherman. It's like for us. I want to ask you, are you a doctor, a student, a mommy, a daddy? 
You know, you pick up kids at school. You know, you work in an office. You go to the bakery, whatever. It's where you are and you already have what you need. You don't need anything else. Sometimes we think that we need, you know, I need to do a four-year course, you know. I need to do a university so I can be able to share the gospel. But it's not the truth. It's so simple. It's so simple. It's about Jesus loving us. So you don't need an extra resources. You have a house. You have a car. You have what resources God gave you. You know, like, have you a have you, uh, do you have a special like cake receipt that you got from your grandmother? So put in for evangelism. I don't know. You like hiking. You are at a climbing gym. Are you playing jiu-jitsu, Brazilian jiu-jitsu? We got a UFC fighter here. You know, he's going up, you know. So what you have in your hands? So we as a church, we need to stop looking for something else. Sometimes we are just waiting, waiting, waiting. Waiting for what? Jesus has done everything at the cross. He had released his Holy Spirit. So what else we need? Jesus already gave you all you need to fish people. That's the truth. And the call is so clear. You know, Jesus could use like uh, a strategy. He could use like different words. But you know, Jesus was so, you know, so straight when he spoke to Peter. And he said, don't be afraid. Statement. For now, you will fish people. And I want to tell you, God wants to make you a fisherman. That's it. That's it. And he, he said, from this moment in your life, I have a mission. And this mission has no end. It's not a temporary job. It's not a part-time job. It's a full-time experience for the rest of your life. And it was so clear that Peter just put everything back. You know, imagine he was like, it was the best day in his life. He was full of fishes. He could make a lot of money, maybe uh, buy another boat. I know that you heard about this text a lot of times. And, you know, people always say that. But that's the truth. He left everything back. And I want to tell you. If you want to experience something great from the Lord, you may have to leave something back. Sometimes you want to do everything. But in the very end, I ask you, what have God commanded us to do? In the Bible, what had God commanded, not suggested, not like askly kindly. That was not the words. You know. What had God commanded us to do? What is in your hands? What do you have? 
Where did God put you to work, to live? What are the opportunities that you have? Is your calling clear? It's great to be at church, you know, but if we stay here, outside going to be even, even better or even worse, daily by daily by day. So we must go outside. So the call, it's so important. But, you know, I would say that after the call, we have the journey. And I remember was, an, uh, you know, I was much younger. I still young. Like people from staff, they gave me like 28. I was like, oh, hallelujah. <laughs> oh, I love this church. <laughs> you know, they love me. They gave me like 28. I was, ooh, amazing. But, you know, sometimes we got a calling from God and we get so excited. But we need to go in a journey. And this journey has no time to end until God calls us to be with him. So the journey is so important. During the journey, I believe that Jesus needs to, you know, sometimes give us some adjustments. Like he needs to correct something in our heart. And I, I want to show you one other experience that Peter has that Jesus made him you know an adjustment God spoke to him Jesus spoke to him and said do you remember your call do you remember what I you know what you have learned at the beginning keep on it you know we as a people as a church sometimes we just lose ourselves on the journey it's like um, you go you go for the mall and you know, you're looking for something, but you see a store and you get in, it just, you lose yourself, like you, you lose your focus. And you know, we can lose our focus as a church doing many things. Many things. For example, we can feed the, the poor. Should the church feed the poor? Yes. But if, if we just feed them and do not preach the gospel, Anyone could do that. If we are a church, we can feed them, but we need to preach the gospel. So we can lose our focus. So we need to stay clear on our mission. So I want to go to Matthew. Now another experience that Peter has. So I'm not going to read it, but do you remember? You know, the disciples were on the boat, you know. So Jesus come to them walking upon the waters. And what happens? Paul says, Peter says, can I, can, I, can I walk upon the waters? And, you know, and, and he has an amazing experience. You know, I want to have it. Have, have you thought about that? Like you walking upon the waters? That's brilliant. That's amazing. And, you know, he, the Bible says that he really walk upon the waters. But in one moment, what happened? The Bible says he was like praying attention of the wind. He was looking for something else. He was like disturbed by the environment, by the circumstances, by the moment that he, he was living and he dropped it. And Jesus said to Peter, what have you done, man, with a little 
faith. Why have you doubt on my word? And I understand that, you know, Peter has the calling. He was living with Jesus. He, Jesus was teaching him how to preach. You know, he was really healing the people. He was casting up demons. He was preaching the gospel. But I believe in that experience, Jesus was telling him a very important thing. It's always by faith. This calling that we have as a church to preach the gospel to this crazy word can only be accomplished by faith. You know, the circumstances, even people in church, maybe your family, they will say to you, oh, you know, not going to happen. You know, you cannot make it. You know, and, and we, sometimes we just lose our focus. And, you know, we gave up of what God gave us to do. And he was like reminding Peter, Peter, it's always about faith. And I want to ask you, do you believe on the power of the gospel? You know, the gospel has been preached like for many years. And people have been touched by this power message for, you know, all across this world for many years. So it's the power when you preach the gospel. We don't need to doubt. So church, step in faith. And walk upon the waters. And do not doubt in what God asked you guys to do. Don't look at you. Don't look at your gifts. Look at Jesus. Just make the simple task. Preach the gospel in the power of the Holy Spirit. And he said, Peter, why you doubt? So I want to tell you, the call is so clear, and we must go for it. But we can never forget it about how we're going to do this. Walking by faith. Faith on the power of the Holy Spirit. This is, this is so amazing for me. I've been living my life like this. I've been on this for 20 years as a church. And, you know, some people come to our church and say, you guys, you guys not going to stop preaching the gospel? I say, I cannot. I have been commanded to. And they say, but how, how you make it? By faith. We believe that if we preach the gospel, people will touch people. That Jesus will touch people. That's what we believe. So we don't doubt. If we don't doubt... We're going to walk upon the waters and we're going to do what people think that is not possible. I want to ask you, if you're looking at my church 20 years ago with 300 people, and I, I, I told you, we were like a way worse than you guys are. <laughs> Definitely. You know, our pastor, he, he used to say, I was a really bad pastor. You guys have a great pastor. And you know, I, we could not imagine this. But when we believe in something that is not natural, 
It's not possible on our power. But it's possible by the power of the Holy Spirit. And so the call, the journey. But when I like, was preparing this message, I remember that Peter has another good experience with Jesus. And it was very on the end of Jesus' ministry, actually, after he was like uh, crucified and he was risen. And um, you're going to remember that in John chapter 21, Jesus is back like he's risen and he's back to the disciples. And the disciples, imagine you, you know, you have left everything back. You were like, you were fishing and now God, Jesus invited you. And you follow Jesus like for maybe two years or something like this. I don't know, three years. And you're like following Jesus, learning for him. But he just dies. And you know, the disciples, they were like a bit lost. They was afraid of the future. They was like, what, what going to happen now with me? How, how, how are I going to, you know, keep going on it? I would be like this if I weren't one of them. I would be like lost. You know, Jesus was here, so everything was working because he was here. And now he's gone. And what are you going to do in my life? And it's a very tricky uh, experience because, you know, Peter is again by the Sea of Galilee in John chapter 21. And you know, they are like sad, they're lost, they're like disappointed, you know, they are like lacking of future. And he decided to go again for fishing. This is so amazing because Jesus wants to speak to him where he can understand his environment, where he's comfortable. So he's trying to get fishes again. And in the very end, what happens? A man comes to Peter. He didn't realize there was Jesus at the beginning. And this guy says, Peter, go and pull your nets again. He had failure one more night. He had failure, but Jesus came to him and said, remember what I did. Remember what I have teached you. Remember how I call it you. Put your nets on the water. And the Bible says in, in, in John chapter 21. That Peter goes and put the nets on the water again. And what happens? He just couldn't make it. How much fish he got. And so he realized that was Jesus. But he couldn't like. Be with Jesus because Jesus is just gone. And you know, Jesus will remind him, always live for your call. It happens in our lives. Sometimes we get disappointed for something. We had a bad experience. We try to fish, we don't catch. But Jesus will tell us once again, don't give up of 
being a fisherman. I just believe that the call and the vision, that's the call and the vision for our lives. Of course, we need to glorify the Lord. Of course, we need to be sent. But what God has commanded us to do, it's making disciples. So it includes preaching the gospel and teaching them to obey everything. And the Bible says, I will be with you every day in your life. It's fishing time. What else are you going to wait? What else? We don't have any reason to wait for fishing. It's time for fishing. The Bible says, look at the harvest. They are planned to be. They are planned. They are ready. Just go for it. The Bible says, pray for workers. So we need people who are committed to be a fisherman. And that's it. I want to go for a story. Can you come with me? Can you give like more five minutes? And we go for it. So I just want to, I want to tell you a true story. This is from our church in Brazil. So one day you were like as a pastors, and we decided, so we must go for the poorest area in Brazil. Where is the poorest area? So we look at the map, at the statistics, and we find like a whole state that's the most challenged place in Brazil. And then we figure out that they are the most poor and they are the last evangelized place in Brazil. Just like 80%. So we decide as a church to go for this place. For what? For fishing. Actually, it's a very dry place. <laughs> We're fishing. We don't need water. We are the water, you know. We bring the water to them. So we went to this place called Picos. And I remember myself and Pastor Einer, this one who is at the screen, we just got the car and we start driving, you know, for this place. And we find this city, Picos, the one who is at this, this circle. And we find out that it would be a good place. Why? Because as we have a several small cities around there. So we thought also we can start here and we can go further. You know, we can move to these places. So we had a dream in our heart. So we just, you know, was driving there, like getting to know the city, you know, was amazing. It's, it's a city about 73,000 people, just 80% are, you know, committed to Jesus. And, you know, we were like very excited for that, very excited for that. So the first thing that we did, we, you know, we didn't know anyone from the, the city, not even one person, no one at all. So we knock on the First Baptist Church. We are like friends, brothers, you know. So we knock at this church 
And we asked, oh, can we have a time with the pastor? You know, and he was like so kind with us. You know, we are like chatting. We were like sharing. And we said, you know, we feel that God is calling us to plant a church in this place. And we know there's the poster area. And also, you know, it's a place where the last evangelized place in Brazil. So we want to come here. You know, we, we, we want to just, you know, partner with you. You want to touch these people. We love these people. And we were like sharing our heart, the vision that God gave us. And the pastor said to us, you know, the thing is, this is the worst place to, to preach the gospel. He said, this is a cemetery of missionaries and pastors. I've seen in these 30 years, a lot of churches like you guys try to come to this place. And, you know, in one year, you're going to give up. And, you know, I don't judge him. I just believe that he lost, like, the focus. He's not believing anymore that he can make it on faith. And sometimes he just needs help. But I need to be honest. We left this, this meeting, and we was like, Crazy? He was trying to, you know, push us away. This is the place that needs the gospel. So it doesn't matter. We remind ourselves that God has called us for this. And if he has called us, we step on faith on the journey and never give up. We can make it. So we decided to, you know, we are back to our home. We planned that. We challenged like two couples and a single man. You know, can you guys like go for a, as a missionary? Let, let's just start a church there. So that's what we did. So what happens is when we got in a place like this and you don't know anyone, but you know, for example, uh, you need help for assembly, your furniture, uh, the guy who's going to, you know, deliver the fridge that you bought. So that's they were like the first people that we get to know. The guy who helped us like doing uh, handwork at home just, you know, to set up the apartments that people would leave and all this. And the guy who dropped the fridge. So we start one like group in the missionary's house. And it was like in July and it was like the first meeting. But as you can see, like those guys who are in the square... Who are they? The others are as missionaries. But at the square, who are they? That's the guy who helped us assemble the furniture. We met him. We pray two weeks for him. And we invite him. Can we, can we come? We're going to share the gospel. We're going to, you know, have a meeting. We're going to just, you know, maybe you're struggling with something. Just come. Bring your wife, you know. And we did that. So he, he brought his wife and her uh, mother-in-law, you know. So that was amazing. So that was in July, our first meeting. And, you know, weekly by weekly, we're like meeting as a people, like seeking the Lord. So in the next month in August, this guy invited someone else. And we already at, at the city. So we go to the bakery you know, we are eating in a restaurant. So you are, you know, trying to get to know people, like introducing ourselves and what? Praying for them. It's by faith. So we need to pray and believe that God going to answer us. 
as a church, as a people. So we just invite some people. And one month more, like the guy who came in the first meeting is there, but he brought something, someone else. And we just keep going. So in September, more people are coming. Why? Because the gospel, it's amazing. They want to know about Jesus. We need to believe on it. That's the water who make them never be thirsty again. That's the food that will make them not be hungry again. It's Jesus. It's the gospel. So that's September, third month. So we go for October. So a lot of people are coming. This is regular people. Our missionaries are not a guy who, you know, has been prepared for 10 years. No, it's normal people like me, like you. This is October. And we still pray and inviting people. In November, the group was too big. So now, each missionary going to have his own group. Okay, so we did like, we multiply. We open up space so others can come. Sometimes the house is so packed of people, so they cannot come, they, they cannot even sit. So we multiply. And you know, and you said, now you can bring your friend. Now you can tell about Jesus to your, the people who live just beside you. And they start sharing. So from one group, in November, we just go for one, for two, for three, for four. We already have the missionaries. Okay, that's good. This is our strategy. But the rest is the power of the gospel. This is amazing. This is what burns in our hearts. And you know, in November, we just uh, start doing this. Like four groups. And then one Saturday, we just, you know, get to know um, a principal of a school there. And, we, and said, oh, may we like use your space for a meeting on Saturday night? And, and, and she said, oh, you can come and use it for free. So you gather everybody together, like four groups in one night. And it was like this. It's, it, it's in November. So July and November is not about special people. It's about people who had been commanded. They step on faith and do whatever needs to be done, preaching the gospel and loving people. In December, you have our first baptism. 200 people. 200 people got baptized. All glory to God. I can tell you, it's not about special people. Why? Because no one can do that. Not even the best one. No one can do it, especially myself. But when we put the Holy Spirit to work as He want to do, miracles happen. This is the growth of this church. Remember, the cemetery of missionaries and churches. That's not the truth. Look at the field. They are ready 
they are ready. Albuquerque is ready. It's just waiting for us. We are gathering now around 700 people in three years. That's the power of the Holy Spirit. And between that, we have COVID. So, but it's still, you just go. We preach the gospel even online. It doesn't matter. The Holy Spirit just come. This is a real story. And I want to pray for, I want to make two prayers. Actually, I will ask Paul if you could come and help me in this moment of prayer. May Stephen also come and, you know, I want to pray because maybe you came this morning and you haven't decided for Jesus yet. You have been like looking for, you are thirsty, you are hungry, and Jesus want to touch you. He's waiting for you. He's a lovely father. And he just want to hug you. He'll, he just want to bring you to his kingdom. So if you are here this morning. And you want to, you know, give all your life to Jesus. This is your day. That's the day that God has planned for you. And it's going to be like in Paul's life. Something going to happen after that. Your life going to be changing. But maybe you are attending to this service this morning and you have like, you gave your life to Jesus in the past, but you are like walking away from him, trying to make your life by yourself, trying to eat the food that this word has to you, trying to drink what this word has to you, but you realize that you must come back to your father's house. You must come back. He's just waiting for you. I believe this morning is salvation morning. I believe that the Holy Spirit is just coming in this auditorium and touching people's hearts. One thing that I realized in my life when the Holy Spirit speaks, don't try to hold anything. Just let the Holy Spirit lead you. So that's the first prayer. I want to pray for people who want to, you know, commit your, your life fully to Jesus. Give it all to Jesus. And the second prayer, I want to pray for you. We're already a disciple is committed to this church. And you felt, you felt the Holy Spirit just touching you. You see like a fire in your heart for the harvest. Like people's name and faces are just coming up in your mind. And you are remembering. You know, the Holy Spirit's commanding you this morning. You you are seeing yourself like preaching the gospel, stepping in faith for the harvest. And I, I believe that God, you know, gave to my church, to my pastors. And it was like on Toronto. He had an amazing experience. And I believe there is anointment upon us for this. 
And I believe that God just want to release upon your life. So may Paul come and I want to invite you, if you want to deliver and be committed 100% to Jesus, come here at the front. I want to pray for you. Can we as a church just be standing? Is there anyone who want to commit your life to Jesus this morning? You want to say yes to Jesus? Just come, come at the front. Just walk. Jesus is waiting you. Your Father is waiting you with a hug. Come on. A love Jesus. of a hug. Thank you. Just come. Come on up. Come. Come on. Yeah, I, I do. I, I really agree with Daniel. I feel like there's uh, a few of us that God's been knocking on our heart going, you need to give it all to me today. And if that's you, we're going to wait just a mo another moment to come up where it's, you know, you've just been kind of on the fence or you've been whatever. And now it's like, no, I, I'm going to surrender. I've choose to surrender my life back to you. Just come. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. I'm going to ask um, our pastors to come and pray with those up right now. And then this next call, is this a call as a church? Do you feel that this mantle of evangelism is something that you want to carry? And if that's you, I don't even know if we have enough room up here to do that, but let me just see a hand if that's you. Just say, I wanna take that mantle. I wanna bring Jesus to the city of Albuquerque. Come on, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. All right. Well, then let's pray right now. Father, I thank you for sending your son who sent your spirit so that we could proclaim the name of Jesus above every name and that we could preach the gospel with boldness. Holy Spirit, I ask for a baptism of boldness to come upon all of us and a confidence to know that the world really needs you and that people that we see are really people that you love and people that will be open to hearing your voice. So God, I ask right now that you would commission us, that your mantle for evangelism will come upon us and that we would see our family saved. We would see our friends saved. We would see our coworkers saved because we know and we believe the gospel of Jesus Christ is for them. So Holy Spirit, may your anointing fall in this place. We lifted up your praise this morning. We receive your spirit and we are not too proud to hold on to it. We will go and we will invite people into our homes who can move by your power and by your spirit. And so we bless you, Jesus. And we receive it right now. If you feel the Holy Spirit, if you feel that commissioning coming upon you, take it by faith, whether you feel it or not. This is a faith gift. I was with somebody in California. At a, at a, we were doing a revival conference, and this man of God, his name's John, you'll meet him one day, but he said this. He said, every revival, there's a few common things. The harvest is coming in. There's a gift, there's a repentance and people are coming to Jesus. 
And he said, the next thing is, is there's a feature. Some of it was a feature, some a gift of tongues. Uh, there's been features that were, were, he said, the feature of this coming revival is gonna be the gift of faith. There'll be a gift of faith coming upon us to have the boldness and the confidence to move in the power of the Spirit. So Jesus, I bless what you're doing at New Life City. I bless what you're doing in my life and everyone else's life. God, I thank you. I mean, I just believe families being saved. I just have such a burning. Do not give up hope. Your spouses are gonna come to Jesus. Your children are gonna come to Jesus. Your parents, your siblings, Jesus. God, I thank you for the anointing and the grace coming upon us. And we will go. We will go where you go. We will do what you do. We will say what you say. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, come on, give the Lord praise. Thank you, Jesus. Um, we love, we love uh, being together. I know you guys love chatting. Make sure you go and grab those kids and bring them in here, okay? If you don't wanna leave right away, just go get them. There are, are, and, and, and thank your, ch your children, pastors and workers over there. They are, are putting in a lot of time today. So bless you guys. We will see you soon.